are in. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It has been said that the road to compromise or the road to hell begins at Compromise Corner. And it's absolutely true. But today, compromise has become, well, all. Now, there are certain things that we can compromise on. There are certain things that we cannot or should not compromise on. And certainly when it comes to the authority of God and his word. But how about some of the other things that we have convictions about, about truth as it relates to things going on in our families, in our courts, in our government, uh, in so many different areas where we have a tendency to compromise to compromise things that otherwise, in the integrity of our own minds and hearts, we would never do. But we do it anyway. Why is that? Have you ever wondered that? Greg Laurie, pastor of a very large congregation out there in Riverside, California, says, sometimes we fail to understand how powerful compromise can be in our lives. No one falls away from God overnight. It's something that happens over time a slow, methodical process. The moment you stop going forward as a Christian is the moment you will begin to go backward. And if you put your Christian experience in neutral, then you're going to go downhill because this is an uphill climb. As one person put it, the Christian life is a lot like a greased pole. You're either climbing or slipping. In fact, the Bible tells us that in the last day, says Greg Laurie, some will fall away from the faith. The question is, do you want to be one of those people? You don't have to be, but he begins with applying yourself spiritually and avoid taking unnecessary chances. The evangelist Billy Sunday once said, one reason sin flourishes is that it's treated like a cream puff instead of a rattlesnake. Well, do you have any rattlesnakes in your life? Is everything cream puff? Today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at this matter of spiritual compromise, but we're going to look at it in a very different way. In fact, it's going to be a composite of different approaches because sometimes we become so used to the way things are customarily presented that it's very hard for us to see through the bigger picture and realize the extent to which we have ourselves become involved. And so today we're going to do just that. And it may require throwing a curveball. Whether you want to call it a political curveball, a spiritual curveball, a medical curveball, whatever kind of a curveball it is, maybe it's a knuckleball, I'm not sure, but it may come in from left field in a way that perhaps you had not thought of. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to do just that. I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation as always with ever increasing conviction. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, your host, and we're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. And of course, this issue of compromise is a very big deal. And that's why I wrote a book called Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. Now, you know, we're in a world of deception. There's no question about it. 
You've got to be blind in one eye, refuse to see out of the other to realize that we're in a world of massive deception and seduction. Jesus said that that's exactly the way it was going to be just before his second coming. When his disciples asked him, as we so often refer to there on the Mount of Olives, two days before his crucifixion, his disciples asked him what would be the sign of his coming and of the end of the age. And the very first thing he said to them was not about wars and rumors of wars. It was about deception. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Then in addition to that, he went on after talking about wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes in many places. He said, by the way, guys, we're just putting that in vernacular now. If he were here today, he'd say, by the way, guys, uh, I've got to tell you that the deception is going to be so great that many are going to come in my name, even in my name and deceive many. Then he goes on to talk further in Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse, concerning all of the events and things that are going to take place and that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world and then shall the end come. And then after that, he said, and by the way, fellas, I just cannot overestimate, overstate to you how great the deception is going to be. He said, if it were possible, even the very small remnant elect would be deceived. Now, what Jesus was trying to do was put this matter of deception and seduction in terms that any reasonable, open-hearted, open-minded believer would understand and would take the warning seriously. So what is it that causes us not to take the warning seriously? Is it that we're not reasonable, open, open-hearted, serious-minded believers? Is that the condition? Or have we been inured over a period of time to make gradual compromises so that we have become, shall we say, participant in our own seduction? Hmm. Even James talked about that. Jesus' brother, you may recall, he talked about how uh, when you take a look at the Word of God and you look at the mirror of the Word of God and you see what sort of a person you are and then you turn away and forget what sort of a person you were, you're going to end up, well, self-deceiving. Hmm. Being self-deceived. So he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Well, that's true at the spiritual level. But how about applying that very same thing in other areas? Because oftentimes it's in other areas that we don't realize are connected with our spiritual life, with our, uh, because... From God's viewpoint, our whole life is a spiritual life. We're created in his image as spiritual beings. God is spirit, and he created us to be spirit. Yes, we have a body, we have a soul, but we also are a spirit. And so we're taking a look now at this greater issue of both spiritual compromise and what it looks like perhaps applied in other areas that we don't normally consider spiritual. So are you ready for this? All right. Before we go further, for those of you who do not have a copy of my book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception, I urge you to get a copy. It's an $18 book. Yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, 
P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. No, the book is not on Amazon. Our most recent books are. That book is not. So, to my knowledge, the only place that you can buy a new copy of this book is via our website, saveus.org. And I cannot tell you how many people across the country have said, you know what, this is probably the most important book I've ever read other than the Bible. So I've asked, why do you, why do you say that? And they say, well, it's because it's so incredibly practical and applicable, so hyper-relevant to my own life. I trust that you'll find it that way as well. And when we get back, we're going to take a look at a whole new application for this. We're going to take a look at an article that came out called The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. You say, well, what does that have to do with spiritual compromise? Well, wait and see, my friends. You might be surprised. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Surprisingly, maybe not. According to Dr. Robert Malone, who is the uh, originator, founder of the mRNA uh, vaccine protocol, as recently discovered and reported by Dr. Robert Malone, the U.S. government has secretly been tracking those who didn't get the COVID jab or are only partially jabbed through a previously unknown surveillance program designed by the U.S. Center. Uh, National Center for Health Statistics. It's a division of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The program was implemented April 1st, 2022, but it didn't become universally adopted by most medical clinics and hospitals across the U.S. until January until 23. Under this program, doctors at clinics and hospitals have been instructed to ask patients about their vaccination status which is then added to their electronic medical records as a diagnostic code known as ICD-10 code without their knowledge or consent so that they could be tracked not just within the healthcare system, but outside of it as well. Are you listening? Just yesterday, my wife went to a new doctor and had to undergo a barrage of new questions. Maybe you have experienced this as well, including all kinds of vaccine questions, not just about COVID, but all kinds of other vaccine questions. Why? Apparently, all of this now is going to be coded for federal government control and manipulation. Shocking? Maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe it shouldn't be. But this is moving toward an end that would be very unpleasant. Why do they want to track the unvaccinated? For what purpose? 
The short answer is to facilitate the implementation of vaccine passports, which would include the government uh, would restrict your travel. Airlines will restri- would not restrict your travel, but the airlines will, based upon government edicts. The government wouldn't restrict your travel. Other nations will. The government will not restrict your travel, but auto rental companies will. The government will not restrict your travel, but public transport will. The government will not restrict your travel, but private companies will. In other words, you can see where all this is going. Now, this is not being said to strike fear or terror into your mind and heart, but to help us to understand the times that we're really living in. You say, well, I understand all that I want to understand them. Well, maybe you need to understand them a little differently. And that's where we're heading with this program today. Another report says that the military mandated COVID jabs and then ignored adverse reactions. The Department of Defense relied on self-reported database to monitor possible negative side effects to be mandated to the mandated COVID-19 vaccine. But military leaders and medical providers did not take allegations of adverse reactions seriously. In fact, one said, every doctor I talked to about my issues for the vaccine were ignored, not taken seriously. Why? Because the Department of Defense concluded to the negligence and, uh, shall we say, the discomfort and danger to those that were part of the military that this was going to be the best way to protect the ultimate military by compelling everyone to take a shot. In other words, absolute control. If you did not, then what? Well, the remedies that were available under the military, whether it be court-martial, whether it be a removal for with uh, dishonor, whatever it happens to be, You see, it's a matter of force or threat of force. That's how this works. The World Tribune provides this. CDC adds COVID shots to childhood VAC schedule despite known and serious risks. Why are they doing this? Why are they compelling every child and the parents of every child to get these shots, notwithstanding the fact Two facts. Number one, they know that young children are at almost no risk whatsoever concerning COVID. Number two, they also know the supreme dangers that have been reported. Tragic, but they're mandating it anyway. What will you do as a parent? I'm talking to you. What will you do as a parent? You see, now it comes not to just what they say, but will what will I do? How serious is this problem uh, in terms of uh, even communication? Well, you remember the football star Hamlin? Well, he was just asked concerning how he suffered the massive cardiac arrest on the football field. He refused to answer. His doctor has told him, but he refused to answer because it would get him in trouble. He doesn't want to make trouble. In other words, it was was the COVID shots that brought him down, and he doesn't want to admit that. He doesn't want to say that because of the adverse 
reaction it will bring both to him and through the NFL and the government. At the same time, a Belgian soccer goalkeeper just died suddenly, 25 years of age, just dropped dead February 12th. So we move from that to a much bigger application. The rise of the biomedical security state. This report came from Dr. Joseph Mercola, but actually it's a report coming from another doctor, Dr. Aaron Cariotti, who is the author of The New Abnormal, The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. He's a medical doctor. Now, historically, yours truly would be, have been very reluctant to uh, talk about something like this without very clear information and substantiation. And the reason is because I have never wanted to be involved historically in the 28 years of this program in what they call conspiracy theories. That's not where we're at. That's not what we use to get attention. We don't rely upon conspiracy theories. We don't rely upon sensationalism. Rely upon truth, friends. And truth cuts both ways. Truth brings life, but it also brings the destruction of those who have nefarious ends. And so today we're going to see an element of truth. I hope you'll be able to see it. We have authorities that are bringing it, not only because of their expertise, but because of their involvement on the inside of much of what has been going on with regard to the COVID and vaccine issue. But we're going to see how, then, this has become what the doctor describes as the rise of the biomedical security state. In other words, the absolute control of the government over your every decision, whether or not you like it or not, whether or not you think it's right or not, whether or not you think it's true or not, becomes irrelevant. Now, that puts the word compromise in a whole different light, doesn't it? Because the COVID vaccines have been driven in most people's minds and hearts by compromise. A kind of compromise that we don't normally think of that way. We're not thinking this is spiritual compromise, but nevertheless, it's compromise. In other words, we're agreeing to something that fundamentally in our minds and hearts, we have serious doubts about or disagree to. So, are you ready for this? I hope so. Dr. Aaron Cariotti, author of The New Abnormal, The Rise of the Biomedical Security State, is a medical doctor and worked as a professor in the School of Medicine at the University of California, Irvine, for 15 years before getting fired for his objections to mandatory COVID shots. He also directs the Bioethics and American Democracy Program the Bioethics and American Democracy Program at the Ethics and Public Policy Center and is a senior scholar at and, and fellow of the Brownstone Institute. 
In other words, Dr. Cariotti is no flake. He's no Johnny-come-lately, spurious spokesperson. He is a serious person who is deep in the heart of these discussions uh, uh, preliminarily. He says, as ethics program director and ethics community chair, I was involved in basically all of the pandemic policy drafting right until the vaccine mandate. He was talking about at UCLA, University of California. He said, but it came down to the vaccine mandate. It came down from on high. And there was no discussion or debate. Our community was not involved. He said, I was very concerned about the lack of open discussion and debate. Because of all the sensitive policies that we had developed, this one I thought was going to be the most ethically controversial, problematic, and the most publicly fraught. I published a piece in the Wall Street Journal last year, he said, arguing that vaccine mandates are unethical based upon the principle of informed consent. This is the principle that an adult of sound mind has the right to decide what medications or interventions to accept or decline, and they have the right to make this decision on behalf of their children who are not yet old enough to give consent. He said, I was very concerned that vaccine mandates were not just toxicing his principle overboard under the guise of, well, we're an emergency, and so the regular rules don't apply. I think it's precisely in wartime, in crisis, that it's all the more important, he said, to stand fast and hold on to our ethical principles, because those are the times when we're most tempted to abandon them. Now, I want you to think about the word tempted. It's related to the biblical word temptation. And at the end of the program, we're going to go back to Pastor Greg Laurie and what he said about the problem with spiritual compromise. In other words, we're going to tie all of this together with a nice ribbon so that if you have any concern whatsoever about your own life and the preparation for the second coming of Christ, where he's not going to come back for a a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. In other words, he's not coming back for a bride that gives herself over to compromise. And when I say her, I'm talking about men and women who call themselves the bride of Christ. He's not coming back for a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. In other words, that doesn't live a compromised life. So the question that I have for you before this upcoming break is, do you live a compromised life? Now, you may be prone to say, well, I don't think so. Or you might say, well, not usually, which is a cop-out. What does it mean? What do you mean by compromise, you might ask? Well, we're going to find out what that means. We're going to look more deeply. We're going to probe more deeply through the words of Dr. Aaron Cariotti as he approached this issue of the rise of the biomedical security state, what he experienced, how he responded, and the response that came back to him. And I have no idea that he is a Christian or not. There is nothing in his communication here in what I have before me that would indicate that. On the other hand, what does seem to be clear is he is a man that wants to live with a clear conscience. 
and does not want to compromise on matters of principle and truth. So, I ask you again, are you a person of conscience? Do you have a clear conscience before God and men? The Apostle Paul wrote to his ministry sidekick, uh, Timothy, talking about a clear conscience, and that many who do not have a clear conscience find themselves in spiritual destruction. So again, the question is, do I have a clear conscience? Do you have a clear conscience? And if not, why not? What is it that is preventing us from having a clear conscience before God and men? We need to get that cleaned up, don't we? You see, this is how the Bible is intended to be taught and presented. It's not something to be presented in the abstract with some religious information. It's intended to be applied in such a way that you and I have to deal with its issues. And so we proceed. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. There's no question about it. We're dealing with the, the most difficult issues that we face as professing Christians in this country. And I don't care what denomination you're part of. If you profess to be a genuine father of Jesus Christ, this issue of compromise is a supreme issue before us. It is gaining steam among professing Christians who are being sucked into spiritual compromise uh, based upon the word of God at every turn. Whole denominations are being sucked in. The United Methodist Church has lost 1,800 churches over compromise so far. The Church of England has just declared supreme compromise by its Archbishop Welby. It's happening everywhere. It's happening in so-called evangelical churches. It's happening in mainline churches. It's happening in non-denominational churches. It's happening in people's homes. It's happening everywhere. And in the words of Daniel Moynihan, back there in the 1960s, a U.S. senator, we're defining deviancy down by compromise. That's what's happening. So, uh, before we go further with the uh, testimony of Dr. Aaron Cariotti, author of The New Abnormal, The Rise of the Biomedical Security State, as recorded by Dr. Joseph Mercola, I want to 
urge you to seriously consider getting a copy of my book, Seduction of the Saints, because it will help you uh, in massive ways to understand what uh, compromise looks like, what seduction looks like, what deception actually looks like in its many, many manifestations. Chapter 9 is called The Road to Hell. Hell and destruction are never full, and the road to hell is paid with good intentions. Right? Well, I wanted to do the right thing, but... Have you noticed the big buts in our lives? In fact, one of the... We did a whole program on this several weeks ago. Several of the most important and uh, destructive words ever to cross the minds, uh, the excuse me, the lips of Christians are these words. But I had to. But I had to. Those are the words of powerful compromise. But I had to. Mm-hmm. But I had to. Have you ever used those words? When was the last time you used those words? And under what circumstances did you use them? Somebody was talking to you about something that you did or said that was compromised, right? You compromised. And so you justified your compromise by saying, but I had to. So let me ask you a rhetorical question. When the mark of the beast rolls off of the uh, New World Order and the Antichrist tongue through his uh, false prophet, what are you going to say when it's presented to you under threat that you won't be able to buy or sell, conduct business or buy food unless you take the mark? Are you going to say, but I had to? When the scriptures make it very clear that those who take that mark will take it without the ability to repent because it will be a final declaration of your trust in a counterfeit Christ rather than Christ himself. It will be a declaration of your spiritual allegiance, no matter how you try to rationalize it with the words, but I had to. You see, this is the reason why this is so incredibly important. But we're going to present it. We're presenting it here in a different situation so that we can see it, perhaps, without looking at it in its precise spiritual application. So we continue on now with Dr. Aaron Cariotti. He said, despite a number of efforts, the University of California refused to engage in a debate and instead put the mandatory COVID jab policy in place. As students started to be steamrolled, many searched out to him, Dr. Cariotti, for help. They, they'd say things like, I'm not a religious person, and so in good conscience, I don't want to submit a dishonest religious exemption, but I have other moral and ethical concerns about this vaccine. They were unable to get an appropriate medical exemption. 
The reason they couldn't get one was because the California Medical Board sent a letter threatening to revoke the medical license of any physician who wrote, quote, inappropriate exemptions, unquote. They, of course, never defined what was appropriate or inappropriate, and doctors were incredibly hesitant to write medical exemptions at all for fear of the repercussions. In other words, they were intimidated to compromise. Kiriati ended up by filing a lawsuit in federal court challenging the vaccine mandate. The university responded by first placing him on investigatory leave, followed by unpaid suspension, and two months after the lawsuit was filed, they fired him. Notice, Dr. Kiriati had to realize that he was under a serious potential threat to lose his job. Because of the medical board, because of all of the threats against doctors and so on, he had to know that. But he proceeded anyway. So why did he proceed anyway? Because it was a matter of truth, a matter of conscience, a matter of caring for others more than himself. And so he did. And they fired him. After 15 years, and after being on all of these different boards and uh, so on, deeply respected, they fired him anyway. He goes on to say, we're all concerned about what's happened to science and medicine during the pandemic, or I should say what's happened over the last several decades that really fully manifested during the pandemic. In other words, what he's saying is this pattern of uh, so-called Uh, Institute of the Biomedical Security State has been in process for, for several decades. In other words, the process of compromising the medical profession and science has been in the process for decades. But it manifested itself in all of its not so glorious nature during the pandemic. That's how compromise works. He said, the work I've done this year has been really tremendously rewarding, and I'm grateful for that, so I have no regrets. There's nothing better than waking up with a clear conscience, knowing that I tried to do the right thing, that I didn't compromise my convictions out of convenience. Do you hear what Dr. Cariotti has said? There's nothing better than waking up with a clear conscience, knowing that I tried to do the right thing, that I didn't compromise my convictions out of convenience for myself. That sounds like the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy about how many not having a clear conscience have ended up in spiritual destruction. They don't go to sleep with a clear conscience. They go to sleep in terror. One of the legal cases Cariotti has gotten involved with is trying to block a new California law from taking effect. It was set to take effect January 1st of this year. It's called AB 2098, AB 2098. It prohibits doctors from providing COVID-19 treatment or advice to a patient when that treatment or advice includes what they call false information and or contradicts, quote, contemporary scientific consensus, unquote, 
and or is, quote, contrary to the standard of care, unquote. What a bunch of weasel language, friends. As Dr. Cariotti says, a doctor found to violate this law is guilty of, quote, unprofessional conduct, unquote, and can face disciplinary action, including having his or her medical license revoked. That's what happened to a doctor in Virginia recently. A physician with a gag order is not a physician that you can trust, he says. How about a pastor with a gag order? Either a self-imposed gag order, or one imposed by a denomination, or one imposed by his board. You think that's not the case? Oh, my dear friends, you're living in a world of let's pretend. My wife and I once had a conversation with a very uh, respected pastor, delightful guy, and uh, we were talking to him about why he never preached about a certain thing uh, from the pulpit that was fundamental uh, to the scriptures and to the whole kingdom of God. And his answer to us was this. I can't do that because I'm facing soon retirement and my congregation will not put up with it. And I might say neither would his denomination. So he believed what the Bible said, but he wouldn't preach it or teach it to the people because of a personal loss that he thought would take place. Wonderful person, delightful, respected man. This is the kind of thing that's going on all over this country, friends. It's not just in the medical field. So we go on. As Dr. Cariotti said, a physician with a gag order is not a physician you can trust. So together with four other California-based doctors, he filed a lawsuit against Gavin Newsom there in California and other officials, including the president and members of the medical board of California, to block this nefarious law. Everyone wants their physician to be able to say what they think and not just be reading from a script that the government gave them, says Dr. Cariotti. Do you agree? Would that be true also for your pastor? For your lawyer, we'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The matter of compromise 
is at root a matter of deception and seduction. It's self-seduction. It's self-deception. Because we know very well in our minds and in our hearts what we're doing. We're capitulating to the temptation not to stick with what we know to be the truth in our hearts. So it actually becomes self-seduction and self-deception. No one ever causes us to compromise. Yet we justify it by saying, but I had to. This is going to be what we just stated here is going to be the fulcrum issue over which many, many, many professing Christians will either enter the kingdom or not when Christ returns. We should have been teaching and preaching to people when they come to Christ that there is a cross to bear. And a cross is not without its pain. Jesus said, if you are not willing to take up your cross daily, you cannot be my disciple. He didn't say you might not be. He said you cannot be. One of the crosses is refusal to compromise truth. Refusal to compromise integrity. So when the psalmist David says, judge me according to my integrity, that's a tall order. Would you be willing to, with a straight face, ask God to judge you according to your integrity? How about your boss? Would you ask your boss to judge you according to your integrity? How about your children? How about your spouse? You see, this matter of living a holy life of integrity is a very, very big deal. Notice this isn't about making a confession of faith. This is about living by faith. The scripture says the just shall live by faith, not by a confession of faith. Words are cheap, my friends. It's the life that God is looking at. That's the Hebrew meaning of the word believe, that your life actually conforms to what you say you believe. So let's go on with Dr. Cariotti and see what he has further to say. So he filed a lawsuit, and on January 26th of this year, a senior U.S. District Judge granted a preliminary injunction saying that the defendants had failed to provide evidence that, quote, scientific consensus, unquote, has any established technical meaning and that the law provides no clarity on the meaning of the word misinformation. In other words, all of that was political double talk, Orwellian double talk, designed to capture and control in the medical, the biomedical security state mentality. 
Who determines whether a consensus exists to begin with? And among whom must the consensus exist? Vague statutes are particularly objectionable when they involve sensitive areas of First Amendment freedoms because they operate to inhibit the exercise of those freedoms. Well, during his deposition in the case, Dr. Anthony Fauci, former director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, had what Dr. Cariati calls wildly implausible memory losses. He said, I don't know, 174 times, yet he told you on national television that he was the incarnation of science. So, Dr. Cariati says... I think without the government's partnering with private entities like uh, Facebook and Twitter and so on and, and Google, these vast censorship enterprises, we would not have adopted policies like lockdowns and school closures. We would have had much more pushback against policies like vaccine mandates than we saw. When you deploy very sophisticated high-level propaganda techniques, wartime propaganda techniques, You deliberately deploy fear as a mechanism of control or manipulation. Then you create conditions where the people go along with manifestly unjust policies and not only are not troubled by that, but actually come to believe that they're doing good. Friends, this is how compromise works. Under pressure or perceived pressure. These things are framed as duties of a good citizen by the manipulators. And people who challenge these policies are immediately branded. So this desire to be a good person in the eyes of the government or in the eyes of others makes them feel virtuous because they've done what they're told. A very powerful tonic, says Dr. Kiriati, that has proven to be very effective over the past three years. And then again, in October of uh, 2022, John Hopkins and the World Health Organization and Bill Gates co-hosted another tabletop exercise dubbed Catastrophic Contagion. When asked if he believes COVID-19 was a kind of fine-tuning of a process that globalist cabal intends to deploy in the future during an endemic, he replies, yes, I think we've adopted a new model of governance, and this is what I argue in the new normal. This is what Dr. Cariotti is saying to this. The whole infrastructure for lockdowns, digital surveillance through vaccine passport-type technology, through digital track and trace technology, this infrastructure has been put in place. It's still in place, and it's just waiting for the next declared public health crisis to which the public will now capitulate through massive compromise. The new model of governance involves unprecedented level of control over people's lives, movement, speech, freedom of association, and so on. And the central bank digital currency, CBDCs, will be the financial arm of that monitoring, surveilling, and controlling apparatus. So there's going to be another declared public health crisis, an attempt to reframe other issues from racism to climate change as public health issues. That's already in process, by the way. So 
If you look toward the future, you have to ask, okay, how is this apparatus, this biomedical security apparatus, going to be deployed down the road? So, Cariotti says that we can realize that if we don't start standing up for certain freedoms, if we don't draw lines and say these are rights that should never be relinquished, even during an emergency or declared crisis, because in a crisis where there's fear and uncertainty, we're not going to be able to think clearly, to lose our heads again, to wake up in a year or two or three and wonder, how did we get here? What happened to us? That's exactly the point, friends. And it's not just about the biomedical security state. It's about the spiritual state of the union. It's about your spiritual state. Just as Pastor Greg Laurie said in his piece over the weekend, the problem with spiritual compromise. He says, for sin to flourish in our lives, we must cooperate. And far too often, we don't take responsibility for our actions. We're living in a time when no one accepts responsibility for their actions anymore. It's absolutely shocking to see the crimes people are getting away with and what is happening in our courts. It's a crazy up-down system. No one's responsible for anything they do. We're all victims. However, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you need to recognize that you must take responsibility for your actions. In other words, you can't say, but I had to. He ends his piece saying, when Jesus Christ is who he ought to be in our lives, we won't be looking for things, other things to take his place. We won't be looking for sin to fill the void in our lives because we'll be satisfied in a love relationship with him. However, if you're a fence sitter, if you're a compromiser, you are trying to live in both worlds, then it's only a matter of time until you go down. And it's absolutely true. How many people over the past uh, 50-some years, 48 years that I've been in ministry in various sorts, both as an attorney and then with 80% of my clientele coming from the broader body of Christ, speaking throughout Southern California during that time as a businessman and lawyer on spiritual truths, counseling people from coast to coast in person and by telephone, working with pastors behind the scenes in their homes and in mine. This issue of compromise is pervasive and it's getting more pervasive as time is drawing on toward the second coming of Jesus Christ. You see, when Christ returns, he's coming to judge the world in righteousness and in truth. He's not coming to judge you according to what the government tells you that is contrary to his word or contrary to truth or contrary to your conscience. He's coming to judge you according to what 
you said and did with what he told you to do and say and believe. So if you're succumbing to the wokeism of our time, the new religion of our time, wokeism, which requires you under force or threat of force to be annihilated socially in our world, maybe even to lose your job, if you're under that uh, conviction that you have to succumb to that, that you have to believe that the practice of homosexuality is pleasing to God, that homosexual marriage is pleasing to God, that transgenderism and uh, body manipulation of what God created is pleasing to God as the creator. That you're elevating your viewpoint over what God has said as the creator. If you're willing to make those kinds of compromises, what else are you willing to do in order to so positively get along? As Rodney King once said on the cover story of, uh, I think it was Newsweek magazine back in the 1970s during the the, uh, Watts riots. I was in California at that time, still practicing law. He said, can't we all get along? The answer is no. We can't get along unless we first get along with God. If you can't get along with God and agree with his viewpoint, you can't get along with others either. Are you listening? Pastors, if you can't get along with God and what he said, don't try to get along with the culture because the culture is going to change its mind over and over again and intensely up the ante for you to compromise. This is a dangerous game. The road to hell is paved with good intentions and uncompromised quarter. Get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints, Staying Pure in a World of Deception. $15 and put the $18 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries and $5 for postage and handling. And would you seriously consider becoming a partner, friends? You know we do not have commercial support because that would put us under the burden of compromise with their money. We don't do it. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.